Today we're talking about Amelie, the French film, also known as... Oh, I gotta look it up now. <laughs> Les Fabuleux Oh yeah, Les Fabuleux Destins d'Amelie Poulain. <laughs> the Fabulous Destiny of Amelie Poulain. Poulain. Oh yeah, I had two years of French in high super school. Super cute girl. <laughs> yeah, adorable. <laughs> so Diana, times are hard for dreamers. <laughs> Yeah. Are they? I don't know. YouTube. The advent of YouTube, I think, has been really great for dreamers. That's, that's I think true. Amelie and her beau would, would like that. Well, maybe you read the YouTube comments and then let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Aside yeah, from I don't the think times, times are better and worse for dreamers. Yeah. Um, but yes, like I can't wait to talk about this film because it's like one of my one of my favorites. Like it, it's another one of those that I've like watched periodically. Like every few years, I'll watch it again. So I like it mm. a lot. Um, but first, let's do Tasty Time, where we look at what's going on in fiction food. Tasty Time. So, what have you seen the last few weeks, or in general? So. Uh... There is now a Bob's Burgers cookbook, and I actually won a copy of it. So Bob's Burgers is an animated series on Fox, um, and in the background, so it takes place at a burger shop, uh, and in the background, there's always like a, a chalkboard that has a burger of the day, and oh. the... Yeah, so the, and the titles are puns, so like summertime burger, but it's T-H-Y-M-E. Oh, of course. And <laughs> the one-man yam burger, and beets of burden burger. So those are, just, I'm just like <laughs> flipping through. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm all about those like menus at cafes. Like I, I zero in on that, like in Twin Peaks. I, did I know, that. I was just thinking and, of Twin Peaks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. I've never actually seen Bob's Burgers, but I've heard good things about it. Like, are you? I guess you watch it since. Well, I've tried you to watch to win it. A, you win. I know. The, well, the irony. Well, because because the burger recipes are really cool in here, um, but I'm not actually a fan of this show. Oh no! Like, I mean... I'm a fan that it is a show that takes place at a restaurant, like at a. <laughs> so there's a lot of food stuff. Like, so I think that's that. cool. But yeah, I've tried to watch, I've watched several episodes of the show, and I'm not really, it's not really my kind of humor. Oh, okay. So I know, I'm like, I should give this book to someone more deserving, but, <laughs> but I was like, but the recipes are really cool, like, they're really good. I mean, I may, some, someday I Have might give it to Have you made any of them? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but they look good. But they look good, Yeah. You're calling me out on all these things. But... I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> no, mean to. Okay, so no, no, you're not I'm in. You haven't cooked in your recipes, so why? I'm, I'm the one kidding. that stepped into this. I'm the one that decided to do <laughs> to do this for Tasty Time. But I just think it's awesome. Okay, so there's this no, guy. No, it's very cool. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not feeling really terrible about it. But, um, so <laughs> there's, there's a, there is a fan <laughs> who, 
named Cole Bowden. And so a long time ago, he started the Bob's Burger Experiment on Tumblr. And so um, and so even though I didn't watch the show, I started following him because I just think it's awesome, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, world of fiction food. Uh, and so, so he's he was a fan that set out to make or recreate, actually create because it's not recreating them because they were just titles on a board right. in the background. So to create those burgers. Uh, and so, uh, so what I think is really awesome is that the creator of the show, Lauren Bouchard, uh, contacted this awesome fan, Cole oh, Bowden. Cool. And so the recipes are Cole Bowden's recipes in this book. Nice. Yeah, so I just think that's super awesome. It's like yeah, I know that's like from fan initiative to actual canon. Yeah. yeah, so nice. So it's yeah, that's like the it. hard work of a fan, but then also the creators of the show, you know, notice yeah. that and yeah, I, I love it when I feel like now. Well, you you mentioned like about the dreamers and stuff, and and I I feel like in recent years. There's been a lot of creativity, like a lot, I think just because of the, um, you know, technology is making the world smaller in that way, the communication and just the the opportunities and um, ways that people can be creative. But also I feel like, um, like in Hollywood and, you know, TV shows and movies and stuff and authors that there's more because of technology, there's more communication with fans, and I think also more... I just love it when shows and creators have respect for their fans, and, like, get fans involved, and... Anyway, that's a lot of words, but I just think it's... No, I completely (laughs) agree. Like, barrier for entry to, like, do something cool in fandom is, like, way lower. Thank you, internet. You know? Yeah, it's great. That's really cool that, um... So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I thought that was just a really awesome thing. Um, is that, yeah, this this fan and the creator, you know, connected and made this book, this cookbook together. So yeah, agree. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you? What is your tasty Me? time? Me. Well, this week I want to talk about um, Heather from All Roads Lead to the Kitchen, aka Girly Chef. Yeah. Um, who actually is our first cook-along, which is really exciting. Yeah. And in fact, which is funny because, like, she she asked us, like, in advance, like, what episodes we're doing so she can, like, catch up with us. And I'm like, so I told her, but I had planned to talk about her last week, or or last episode, but, like, I had to do something Game of Thrones related because... (laughs) Because it is your world. (laughs) Yes, yes. So she got bumped, but... (laughs) But anyway, I want to talk about her this week because I've wanted to for a while, but she's got a a really cool, um, like, blog. She's a a chef, and so her recipes are amazing. Her photography's great. And she does a lot of, um, yeah, like, fiction-inspired stuff. Mm -hmm. And she runs a um, food club called Food in Flicks, which is at foodinflicks.com. Or no, sorry, foodinflicksclub.com. Um, which I wanted to participate in for a while because it looks really cool. Like, every month they pick a movie mm-hmm. and, um, like, you know, whoever has a food blog or I guess, like, anybody can participate. You can just, like, post your stuff on social media or whatever. 
um, you can participate and cook from whatever movie they're on. And so this month, I'm totally going to participate because it's the w- Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, witches, I'm, I'm there. Um, but anyway, yeah, they like I think last month, they do all kinds of movies. Last month was um, a movie called Tampopo, which is, um, I've never seen it, but it's a Japanese movie. Um, yeah, but just like all kinds of movies, and they kind of rotate around who, you know, which blogger picks it or whatever, but it looks really fun, and um, yeah, just some like really cool stuff out there. And she posts recipes regularly from, you know, either just her own recipes or inspired by stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Very cool. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've followed like kept my eye on Food and Flicks for a while. I don't yeah. think I realized that Girly Chef was connected with Food and Flicks. Oh, you didn't like me. <laughs> or like maybe I don't know. <laughs> but I know I've had like Food and Flicks on my like my list of fiction food, uh, my link list uh, on my blog. Okay, yeah, you um, have a really a nice um, robust list on your blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime I see new things, I'm like going on the list yeah in our wonderful community <laughs> but yeah I know, it's so that's fantastic. a lot of fun yeah i Food love it flicks. yeah yeah so we'll definitely link up especially to her um herbe de provence roast chicken and potatoes yeah. which she which she did for amelie that and so that's delicious. one of the foods one of the foods from the the movie that we'll talk about mm-hmm. all right yes. so amelie let's talk about it <laughs> yeah all right this is your first time seeing it right yes so great. what's your what's your impression? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like a feel good film. It is. I like it. Um, it kind of gave me like I mean just um, uh, comparatively, like it made me think of like Matilda and Chocolat a little bit. Yeah, like just this kind see- of when. Like, the whimsicalness and the kind of quirkiness, but also... Well, also, like, with Chocolat, it was, like, the the small town and the, you know, people, the the other characters that you get to know and and things. But, yeah, just that the style, the styling of it and all that, I thought was... It just made me think of those films. But, yeah, I can definitely yeah. see that, because they do kind of, like, give you a quick overview of each of the people. So it's kind of like... I mean, it's obviously about... Amelie and follows her, but it is other like beyond her, it is kind of like an ensemble yeah. of interesting, quirky characters. Yeah, <laughs> so, and it was yeah. like a. I I think I'm trying to figure out like what because I don't know like film terms and all of that. Um, but like maybe it's the the fairy tale ness of it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like the, no, yeah, it, because those movies are. I mean, trying to think of, like, why I thought of those films when I was watching Amelie. Um, yeah, just, like, the, the storytelling. The, it, it feels yeah. like a story. I mean, it's obviously a visual story, but I mean, like, yeah. It kind of, it's like I'm reading a, a story. Like, it's just a, a nice story. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of like, you know, the tale of this or that. And, I mean, even, like, the French name kind of implies that, you know, the... The fabulous, the fabulous destiny, destiny yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're hearing this fable that's been told a thousand times. And, like, they all have that, like, magical realism component. Yeah. Like, they're very really, much... That's probably what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, they're very magical much realistic, things. but then there yeah. are very, like, either, like, overtly magical things, or, like, in Amelie, like, maybe just more interestingly coincidental things, you know? Um, yeah. 
I think or, also know. Baby Amelie reminded me of the Matilda girl. Oh my god! Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, I and in fact, there's so. like it's not just yeah. It starts off like the whole opening um, title sequence is like Amelie as a child, mm-hmm. and it's so cute. Like you know, she's playing with all kinds of different toys, and it's just like the part where she's eating the raspberries off her finger. Like that's yeah. my daughter. Like I could insert a picture <laughs> of her there, and it's yeah. So it's just like it perfectly encapsulates childhood but then it kind of like tells who she is too because she was a child that grew up very much by herself but like so she had like a happy childhood but also kind of a lonely childhood Mm -hmm. um so it kind of like informs the adult she became you know very yeah yeah just kind of i did want to ask so you know in the film when they introduce characters they're like this is Mm -hmm. so and so like they like this and they, they don't like this, like this, this yeah. and this yeah and they don't like this so what would it be like this is Carrie Rashid she oh, likes like, like the redux yeah like me <laughs> in a sentence I like oh man put me on the spot <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really thought about it I haven't thought about it for me either so I'll be on the spot too <laughs> she likes dark quirky uh, movies and books dislikes ketchup <laughs> ah. But and do you like tomatoes? I do. Yeah, isn't that interesting? The whole yeah. ketchup versus tomato thing. How about tomato soup? I like tomato soup. Yeah. Although, yeah, and I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because so I think my sister was kind of like that when she was younger. <laughs> the tomato thing. I loved ketchup when I was younger, and I hated tomatoes, and it's like flip-flop. What? Yes. I don't know if I want Mystery. that to be my defining characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you don't so, like is... What about you? Have you thought of... Yeah, what, what's your what's your redux? Did you have anything else to add to say? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like, a million things will come to me later, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, I like... Man, I don't know if they're... Because I, I think my stuff's kind of lame. Oh, like... you know what? I can go back to my little bio that I wrote on Fiction Kitchen. I know. Yeah, I'm saying, I like, yes, I like homegrown lavender, scarves and boots, um, too much coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But I like your, I like the other one, the, that you like, what, dark and quirky. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. (laughs) And and you don't like ketchup. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine, like, how they would show that in the, in the, if there was a film, like Amelie, like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, how would they represent like, That's a little bit too broad. It needs to be more Like, specific. you would, like, they would place a hamburger in front of you, and you would lift up, lift would, up the bun and see that there's ketchup, and you're like... And make, uh, like, a face. Yeah. Yeah, like, like a cute but disgusted face. Yeah. Um, so, I love the smell of rain. That's kind of, like, yes. not as... That's kind of, like lame sound. I don't know. No, no, no. I could see you on, like, a cute um, French terrace while it's raining, kind of, like, breathing it in. You know, that yeah. would be your little scene. <laughs> well, I love summer storms, so that kind of goes along with it. And yeah, the sound of the wind in the trees, which goes along with that as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Petrichor. That's a, that's such a tangent, but Petrichor is the name of the rain smell. Well, I learned that from you. Yeah. And then I've seen it, like, twice since then. So I'm like, okay, maybe this term was all around me. <laughs> but... it, it means the blood of rocks, basically. Oh, wow. Well, I- Iker is the blood of the gods, and so, yeah. and then, Pet- you know, Petra is rocks, so, anyway. 
It's a very interesting word. It is. Um, (laughs) And I don't like... I don't know. <laughs> like, what's the, I was like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to do it like a... Um, well, I was going to say of... disrespectful people, but like... Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that is the be... first thing that comes to mind, and it I could just want like... like punch them. Well, you can make it more specific, like people who are rude to waiters or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or, I don't know. Or... Just that type of people. <laughs> well, yeah, people who are... People who are cranky at the DMV. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking about this guy recently that was in the commissary rolling around. I mean, he was pushing a cart is what I mean. He wasn't, like, in a wheelchair because then that would have... I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> anyway, well, he's still a person. Anyway, no, he wasn't in... He, he was pushing a... Rolling a cart. Pushing a cart. But he was... He was very full of himself and, like, he was high and he had, like, this energy... Because he was interacting with people, so I guess that was making him feel good about himself. But he was saying, mm-hmm. like, really r- rude things. And, and of course, and I, I'm thinking, like, this is what I would say to him. But then he did say something to me, and I was like, uh... What did he say to you? I know! Oh, just, like, I was buying some, like, uh, wipey th- wipies, what do you call them? I just call them wipies. Like, baby wipes, but yeah. not, not for babies. Like, <laughs> just for cleaning anyway moist towelettes or whatever yeah. <laughs> and he's like no those aren't the ones you want you want the other the green ones and i was like uh where what oh for crying that? out loud <laughs> but i what do you work for clorox what, what's your deal and then no <laughs> but then he's but then he's like he's like no i'm just joking with you and then he like wheels on and i'm like ah he got me like, but that's what he was doing around the store to people. Like, yeah, he's like, I've yeah, got something for everybody. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Ugh. Anyway, he was making some. He was talking to a worker, a, a guy, and talking about women. Like, they started talking about women and all this stuff, like stereotypical comments and things. Oh, and gross. then me and the other women in the aisle were like, "Well, I guess it's time for us to go." Like, I, <laughs> so we just like, yeah. were, like, eh, whatever, and like wheeled on. Anyway, that kind of guy. I don't like those kinds of people. So I really like that Amelie, like, did those little tricks to the the mean vegetable guy. Yes. He was so awful. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) You can, like, edit all that out if you want. No, no, no. It's perfect. I love it. It's, like, such a tangent. (laughs) No, but I betrayed myself. Because I didn't say no, thank you, and walk away. <laughs> yeah, and like anyway. turn in a huff, and yeah, yeah. I'm like, so <laughs> so maybe I hate that most of all that I. Well, if he's a regular, don't you run into no. Him I mean again. that I didn't that I betrayed my myself. My mouth betrayed my my mind. <laughs> You're like Amelie, just turning into a little puddle. Oh well, not because <laughs> she, well, but for a different reason. But, yeah. but you missed your opportunity. Uh, anyway, yeah. you gotta will yourself up next time. Be yeah. brave. Take charge of your life. Yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> but... No, I wouldn't have said anything either. I'd be like, what? What? I don't know. I don't know how to react to those type people. But I was. I realized that if I was a friend bystander, like if I was with a friend who he was saying something to. Then I would have been on top of it. I would have been right. like, no thank yeah. you, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> it 
it's interesting that yeah and then and then i try to dissect the situation and be like what is it that made me say this anyway it's like a deep psychological experiment yeah Hmm. i do a lot of (laughs) (laughs) self-observation anyway (laughs) anyway amelie (laughs) no that's perfect because like that that's the exact type of thing like it kind of takes these like dips into people's psyches you know like the reasons they do the way they do yeah um yeah so a quick overview before we get too deep into it um yeah just just the story um it's about a girl that um grew up kind of isolated for like a weird reason you know but like never really like she's very cute and adorable and sweet but like never really learned to interact with other people you know so when she she grows up and moves out and um kind of starts to build her own life um you know she she's kind of not sure how to react to the world around her so in a very like fun string of events like she finds a little box in her apartment um and it's full of children's toys and she's like wow this must have been hidden here by the person who used to live here so she tries to track down the owner and she does, and it ends up being this, like, you know, like, middle-aged man, and she gives him the box of toys and sees the joy it brings to him, and so she says, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to make people happy. Um, so she has all these, like, weird little schemes that she does um, with people just to kind of bring joy to their life. And then also kind of, like, you know, she sees some wrong going on in the world, so she starts to mess with some people, <laughs> like like the vegetable stand guy. Um, but while she's messing with everybody else's life, you know, she has kind of a lonely life herself and, um, like, ends up falling in love from afar with someone who's just as kind of whimsical and quirky as she is. Um, so it's kind of about her finding the courage to actually pursue this romance, and it ends very sweetly, and it's very nice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, in a, in a nutshell, that that's Amelie. But, yeah, like, the, all the charm in it is from, I mean, because it's not, like, a super eventful movie. It's, like, girl moves to city, gets a boyfriend, you know? But, like, the whole, like, string of events and, you know, she can't just come out and say anything. She has to have all these weird little games to get to where she wants to be. Um, it's just, like, super fun to watch and see unfold. Yeah. I remember, yeah, so I, this was the first time that I watched it, um, but I remember, like, seeing posters for it, like, when it came out, like, at the local movie theaters, but it was, like, at the special theaters, um, like, not the mainstream theaters. Oh, yeah, like, the it's a French film. But I, I think, I think it was in one of the theaters, um... But I decided to watch, like, March of the Penguins instead or something. <laughs> I don't know. Which, those were, like, four years apart, I think. But for some reason, they were at the same time as <laughs> yeah, in my, in my town. Time. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, not a bad choice, because that was also a good movie. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was. Um, but, yeah, so one of the... the Oh, not maybe not necessarily a story in the background, but so it, the setting is nineteen ninety seven, mm-hmm. uh, and so it the, it kind of starts out. I mean, when Amelie is has grown up and she's in in town, and um, her like so like in the background, the magazines and the I mean the newspapers and the television they're talking about the death of Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, like, I remember that as a... Do you remember when that happened? I mean... I do, yeah. 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 Because um, I remember... What? Because, yeah, we're the we same were, age, so this was, like, maybe we our sophomore year of high school, I think. Yeah. I need to quit dating Cause it was, Because it was in... <laughs> so she, she died August 31st? Yes, August 31st, 1997. So... Yeah, so we... What are... Our junior year was just about to start. Yeah. Anyway, but I remember, like, in the in the car with my girlfriend, and we're just driving somewhere, and, like, I remember contemplating, because just a few days later, Mother Teresa passed away. Oh. That same year, September 5th. So, Princess Diana, yeah, she passed away, or she died um, August 31st, 1997, and then Mother Teresa died September 5th, 1997, and uh, so, you know, we grew up, know, like, knowing these ladies, I mean, just knowing of them in, in the background of our lives. Yeah. Like, that that they were wonderful women. But, like, icons, yeah. Yeah, icons. For sure. And... Yeah. And then, but I remember, like, I was never one, like, that read newspapers or, like, was up on current events and stuff, but, but just, like, hearing that they both died very close to one another, I mean, time-wise, um, I, I remember saying to my friend riding around in the car, like, it feels like there's a shift in the world, like, <laughs> I mean, like, it felt strange like there was so something changed at that moment for me like some kind of I don't know sense of something or like awareness of something I like I have no idea what it you know what but just I just remember feeling some yeah something like some change I know what you mean because yeah like without these people like the world is different you know and I feel like we felt that recently with the loss of like you know David Bowie and Prince and like just like yeah, it's iconic like one, two, three, musicians. Four, it's like people. whoa, yeah. you know, like what what's going on? Um, but yeah, like both both women, both who done like a lot of good humanitarian work, um, mm-hmm. and both like people that you know we aspire to. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and I think because I was still you know a teenager, but uh, so for some reason in my life that struck me whereas I hadn't been struck by that before like I wasn't in yeah. tears or anything it was just like a yeah huh. you just kind of felt it yeah. yeah yeah so anyway so that was just because that was something that was happening in the background of the movie and so it just made me remember you know yeah it kind of took well. you back to that that was also something that happened in the background of my life <laughs> like, right right yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, it and was interesting that they kept mentioning it in the right, movie. Right, right. I was about to say, because it is multiple characters. Like, I mean, that's the whole reason she finds the little box, because she's mm-hmm. so shocked by the news that she... Drops, you know, yeah, like the lid yeah, to her drops the top to her little thing, yeah. and it, like, rolls and hits the wall. Yeah, so that's one of those, like, little, like, quirky, magical things. Like, yeah, this could happen, but it's a little bit, like, you know, guided by some hand, you know? Yeah. And then, like, later, um, Lucien is, like... Lady D, Lady D. <laughs> and I was like, what, what? Why do you keep saying my name? Just, right? <laughs> just kidding. Because that's what my friends call me. They call me Lady D. <laughs> Which is very flattering. <laughs> oh, I like that. I'm going to start calling yeah. you that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, and then when people 
you know, because I guess some people spell Diana with two N's oh, or yeah. something. And so, you know, whenever someone is like, oh, how do you spell your name? You're like, for some business purpose or whatever, I'm like, um, I either, I either like say like, like the princess or like the goddess or whatever. Right. <laughs> spell it the same Like way. the princess, like the goddess. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anybody like <laughs> that yeah. important for my namesake. <laughs> yeah, when I, <laughs> sorry, like another like sidetrack tangent. When I, um, I went for like an internship in whatever. Okay. So there were a bunch of um, Chinese people that um, I, I lived with one Chinese girl and like a, a lot of her friends would come over and stuff. And they're like, Carrie, oh, like Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> from Sex in the City. <laughs> so that's always like, been my name re- yeah, <laughs> relation. <so. laughs> yeah. Which I love Carrie Bradshaw. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a princess or a goddess. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was telling my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, that oh because yeah she was watching like Peppa Pig and Peppa like visits the queen or something and oh, I was yeah. like did you know that there was a princess Diana and oh. she's like oh you mean Wonder Woman Diana Prince oh. like she's five Damn, you <laughs> got she knows I know. Wow. but like Di- okay. her name was Diana Diana Prince but anyway I'm like no actually there was like <laughs> Diana Princess <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, but it was just cute that her mind went yeah. that way. <laughs> anyway, so, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was just something that, yeah, the movie made me, made me remember. Yeah, because yeah. it does kind of frame all the events. And man, mm-hmm. it is so 1997 in this movie. Like, there's so much um, lace, burgundy, and velvet. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, it's also interesting because the the tone that the movie is filmed in, like, it's... yeah. I, I, I made a note. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this whole movie shot through an Instagram filter. <laughs> yeah, and so that kind of adds to the Which I really like, magicalness, like. kind of. I do. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's gotten a little bit cliche, but I think at this time it was kind of fun and stylish, and yeah, I really like it. Yeah, it came out in 91. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's 2001. 2001. Yeah. 2001, yeah. <laughs> came out before Diana dies. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah. No, yeah, 2001. So it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of not a novelty at the time, and I really like it, because, I mean, I've said before that, like, stylishness mm-hmm. in a movie goes a long way with me. Other people are, like, not as impressed, but I'm like, I really like the... Well, I think the, this was, it was perfect for the, it this was, type of film. Yeah. Because, exactly, the like, the look and feel of it kind of, kind of puts yeah. you in this little dream world, which is kind of what she's living yeah. in. But one, one of the things I found really interesting about this is, like, it does not... Like, it, it's, like, kind of a whimsical dream world, but it doesn't shy away from, like, the darker side of life. You know, like, her mother dies by someone committing oh my gosh, suicide yeah. off of the Notre Dame and, like, falls to their death on top of her mother. <laughs> so, like, how, how horrific, you know, so no wonder she's, Ugh. like, scarred as a child. So that's nuts. And then I, I get such a kick out of, um, like, Nino, the, um... The guy that she has this, like, horrible crush on and, and is kind of, like, trailing. <laughs> he works at a sex shop. Yeah, but he's so oblivious. Like, I mean, so not oblivious, cute. like, it doesn't Exactly, like, him. he's he's so innocent. Well, they are know? in France, so. Right, I know. Well, that's another thing. I feel like, like, in we Europe as, we as Americans else. are so like, oh my god, you know, yeah, it's death, so violence, and sex. It's, like, so taboo, you know, whereas it's kind of, like, more intertwined into life. And so it does feel very French in that regard. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, like, you know, like, 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> like all the penises, like the dildos behind him, like on the counter. Yeah, or... and it's just like, he's like, da da da. He's like, yeah. he's like kind of. <laughs> well, it's just, just having... every day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but he's so cute. He's kind of like lost in this like sweet, innocent, like daydream, you know, where he's, whereas he's in this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the way he talks to, like, he's trying to get the dancer to cover for him while she's dancing. Yeah, and he's not that <laughs> Like, she's topless and... <laughs> and, like, so, I guess it's so, yeah, it's so, um, I don't know, like, salacious, but at the same time, it still feels so innocent because it's mm-hmm. kind of in this, like, dream-like atmosphere, you know? So, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I kind of like and how also, it does that, and it kind of weaves in, you know, stuff stuff like that, but it doesn't feel out of place at all, you know, or yeah. shocking. It just feels like, oh, this is just part of life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it when uh, writers or creators, when they, yeah, it's like, it's like that's the power of, of, like, creating something or, like, creating a story is that because the viewers are seeing it like through the eyes of the characters or like from their perspective. And so however, however, I mean, if the characters are made well, then however they see things, it feels natural to us or like Mm -hmm. however they interact with things, it feels, you know, so I I think that's cool when they do that. And also like, so yeah, it's like 1997, but for a little while, like I I was like, what time period is it? Because it almost feels kind of timeless. Like, yeah. the clothing that people wear. Well, and and with the, you know, the tone, of the color uh, palette. And, but also just the the town. Is it Montmartre? Montmartre. Montmartre. Yeah. The, like, the place, I guess, is kind of, you know, older. You know, it looks... Because yeah. it's like a small town. or Well, I mean, at least the portions that are filmed there. It gives that, that, like, small-town feel. Um, or, no, I mean, like, Montmartre is part of Paris. But, like, because, like, Paris... I, I feel like European cities are very different from any city in the rest of the world because they are so... Like, they keep their historical buildings and they... Yeah. Like, it, it's very much, like part of their culture to maintain everything. Like, I read something a long time ago, and I've always had it in my head about, like, um, you know, Japan doesn't care. Like, they have this old... Um, well, you know, they also have a lot of historical stuff, too, but as far as their cities, like, it's not, like, this, like, grand thing. They will tear down buildings and build new ones, no big deal, you know? Whereas mm-hmm. Paris, they're like, no, this is, like, an old building, we're gonna maintain it. So it's been harder for them to, like... Like, I don't know, wire everything with fiber optics and all this good stuff. Like, like this was the, the tone of the article. But I've always had it in my head that, like, yeah, it's very important to them to, like, maintain these, um, you know, historical buildings. So everything has kind of, like, a, yeah, like an old classic Well, because it almost felt it, like you know? it could have yeah. been, like, or the 60s or 70s or 80s. Like, just, like, yeah, the, it, it really the building, in the apartments time and the, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that was kind of interesting too, just the the way that things were, like the set was created and the way things were filmed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know. Well, so the other thing I mentioned, should I just bring that up now? Or oh yeah, go for it. Um, the gnome. <laughs> so. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, cool. Yeah, tell, tell us about the gnome. <laughs> yeah, so the gnome, so in the story, so her dad for years after uh, his wife's death, like he's been, 
He was just so affected by it that he really hasn't been functioning outside of his house. Like, right. he pretty He's much just stays kind of home. A hermit, and, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, hermit is a good way of putting it. Like, kind of obsessed with, like, making a shrine for her ashes outside in the garden and this and that. And so he's, and so he's neglected his daughter. Um, and, and himself. You know, he hasn't yeah, really and moved, himself. On, moved on from that. Yeah. Um, well, because she makes it... So he, like, pulls a, this garden gnome out of his shed and, like, and cleans it up to put... To stand it on the shrine, you know, his wife's shrine in the garden. Um, and she makes a, po- a comment, I, get, I think in her mind, though, about, like, how he's caring more for this gnome than he is for his own daughter. Um, anyway, and so, and she remembers that he said he always wanted to travel, but, but he just, he hasn't. Right. And she wants to, she wants him to have that experience, like, to just let go and, you know, go do something good. Yeah, like you said, that he's been neglecting himself as well. Um, so she she was gonna like go visit him, but then she went. She was outside of his home, and she had a second thought, and so she took the gnome instead. Like she stole <laughs> it, and and it turns out um, and sent it on a journey. <laughs> yeah. So then he he mysterious he was getting these mysterious letters um, of like photographs of the gnome like by like um famous landmarks so like yeah. in russia <laughs> like in america in, yeah, in, yeah and so and so the, the the dad you see him like he's kind of he's been posting like putting them up on the wall um anyway but we learned that it's uh because amelie like cat sits for a stewardess then the, the stewardess did her a favor of taking the gnome with her on her yeah. various flights and then that's she was the one taking the pictures um but anyway but then amelie returned the gnome and and so you know the the letters stopped um since but the but the dad was like well it's my turn you know he had, yeah he so he, he goes on his yeah. yeah and so that <laughs> i thought that was really cool anyway but of course my first thought is oh the travelocity gnome right <laughs> And, and did that come from this? Because, like, I remember that popping up, and I was like, oh, this is like Amelie, so I don't know if that came from, from so per- this movie or perhaps. not. Perhaps. Um, but, so, but I looked up The Traveling Gnome, and it's been going on since 1986. Oh, okay. So actually. it's like a thing before this. Yeah. And, well, the, I'm just looking at, like, Wikipedia for it, but um, it says that the earliest recorded uh, Traveling Gnome was Australia in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's, <laughs> but there are organizations and clubs dedicated to the the traveling gnome, and I guess kind of like Flat Stanley that kind of thing. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> but but one of the the best known organizations for it is called the Garden Gnome Liberation Front, which sounds very like Harry Potter esque, like spew or something. <laughs> yeah. <it does>. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah. So, but so that's really cool. And and I don't know if Travelocity maybe they, um, because Amelie, you know, is a well-known film and won tons of awards. So you know maybe it was inspired by that. Um, but then of course from Amelie it was inspired by real life. Right. Um, people yeah. doing that same thing, which is really cool. Like it's fun, and it's fun that there are, you know, organizations that do this. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's super cute. I love it. So, the traveling no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so those were just a couple of the things that stood out to me from that are non-food related, but 
yeah, yeah. but kind of tie in. Yeah. Yeah, and also the the, the glass world. man, um, but you know, described that he had the that his bones are so fragile. Um, it totally made me think of Samuel L. Jackson's character in Unbreakable. Oh, Unbreakable, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay, and then that was it. No, I knew a girl, um, when I was in elementary school, there was a girl that had that brittle bone disease or whatever it is, I don't know the actual name of it, but yeah, she, she had that, um, Mm. and yeah, like, I, I think our school gave a presentation at some point, so that's why I knew about her, because she was in the grade above me, so yeah, I always, like, think back to her, but yeah, like, from fiction, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like Samuel L. Jackson. I like, um, yeah, the glass man, yeah, like you said, is her, her neighbor that, like, stays in all the time. Um, <laughs> I like how even his TV is, like, wrapped up so that there's no corners, yeah. you know, <laughs> so that, like, you know, if he should yeah. happen to fall, he won't break any bones or whatever. But, yeah, he, he kind of pushes her. He's the one that pushes her to kind of get a life, you know. He's like, I have to stay inside because I have this horrible disease, but you are young and nothing's wrong with you and you need to you can take the knocks or whatever you know so like even if what you want doesn't work out you'll be fine <laughs> you just need to take the take the plunge yeah and that reminded me um well because I, I like to write or well at least I like to well I don't know if likes the right word like it just happens spontaneously that <laughs> ideas like explode in my head so anyway but like but coming up with the conflict or you know what is what's gonna make it an actual story is like a hard thing for me because I can come up with characters and scenes and all this kind of stuff but um like what is really gonna make it and so um there were and I go to author events like I've mentioned before anyway there were a couple of authors um that mentioned like you need to think of what is what is gonna be the hardest thing for your character like what's Uh. what what will almost break them or you know what so anyway like what's the hardest thing and so I was thinking like for Amelie so now I kind of think think that when I consume media like what is it that yeah is the hardest thing for this character and so for Amelie because yeah like I was just talking when I gave the overview I was like this is not otherwise like a very interesting story because like yeah goes to the city and gets a boyfriend yeah exactly like because for a more extroverted person like that's not a big deal but you know Mm -hmm. like for her it was like a huge deal and it's very interesting like watching her get to that point so yeah Yeah. I I like that advice Yeah, because... Think about your characters, yeah. Yeah. And she... Well, because she interacted with a lot of people and all, but it was about, like, really showing her true self or, like, giving her heart to someone. Like, because she wasn't afraid to, like, make phone calls or, like, go talk to random people to, like, find... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she had lots of, like, acquaintances, you know, but nobody that she was, like, really, really close to. Yeah, yeah, because they made it a point in the the beginning um, that to show, like, she was having sex with some guy like random guy but it would made it a point to say that she never had a boyfriend like she never so like everything was just kind of superficial to her like right right like she you know she she had been with people but she found cracking a creme brulee with a teaspoon and dipping her hand into sacks of grain better than sex (laughs) yeah like those were those are the things that yeah she kind of let into her heart like just those pleasant like subtle little things yeah 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 and so yeah well when you mentioned we're talking about um mr glass like that that he helped her have the courage in the end you know so that was yeah kind of gave her the push and and it was yeah to like open her heart then that was the hardest thing for her was to 
Yeah. Anyway, so that just made me think of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall we jump into food? Because there's, yeah. there's lots of food sprinkled throughout, and I think that'll take us through more of the plot, too. Yes. Um, yeah, so let's do it. So, cherry earrings. Oh! <laughs> so, cause, and you mentioned the raspberries on the fingertips already. Yeah. So that was, like, yes. in the, the opening credits. Completely right? adorable. <laughs> Little baby, like, six-year-old Amelie has raspberries on each finger, and she's, like, eating them off of them. Yeah. Yeah. One, too cute. two, three. Yeah, and then she had, like, the the double cherry stem right and wrapped around her hung, ears hung, and hung i used to do that because we had cherry trees growing up on oh, the farm nice. and so like i would do <laughs> glamorous like, i can relate yes. earrings. yeah yeah and then you mentioned the cracking the creme brulee and sinking her i love that like just seeing her she did it well they showed her doing it when they were telling you know the things that she likes but then she also does it later on in yeah, she did it a couple times. Yeah, in fact, the first and I the first time that. it's into like like kind of like split green peas or whatever mm-hmm. or lentils, and the second time it's like red beans. So like she, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter the type of grain, she will sink her hands into it. <laughs> well, and I and again, like I used to do that <laughs> with um, like chicken feed and bird seed, like at the farm because we would yeah. have huge tubs of it. I just loved it, and so when when that. When they showed that in the film, I'm like, oh, I want like I want something right now to like sink my hand in. And that's funny because like I can I or can rice. Remember, I do that with it, our or rice. rice. I was about to say yeah. like I can remember doing that as a child, like whether into sand or rice mm-hmm. or something like that, and the sensation of it. And I feel like, you know, I could do that more recently and be like, okay, this is cool. But like it was just such like a childlike pleasure you know I, yeah. I remember like loving it whereas now it's like pleasant you know but it wasn't as enthralling it's like kind of cool you know? on the back yeah of so i feel like she has a very like... childlike nature to be able to enjoy that yeah so yes yeah. and then who calls her amelia mallow was it the the helper guy at the market the vegetable market someone calls her amelia mallow like, well, I just made, like, it's kind of cute, because I assume it's, like, marshmallow, but... Yeah, that's cute. Amelia I don't know. Mallow. I don't remember that. I think, I think it was at the fruit, I mean, the vegetable stand, oh, but okay. I can't remember who, it, who it was that said it, um, but, but she was, oh, I think it, it might have been the crummy guy, I don't know, but, because she was gonna, she was asking, like, do you know who had lived here, um... Because he says a fig and three nuts as usual. Oh yeah, I made a note of that, but I don't remember him yeah. calling her that. But, I mean, so he, I think probably, he, he probably did said her name that way. Or I'm hoping it was the other guy, but maybe I mean the nice one because it's a cute right, name. Right, the nice one. But yeah, Lucian is the nice I one. Know. I forget the mean one's name, but yeah, he asked a fig and three nuts. So, like, first of all, what a cute order. <laughs> yeah, like that's her usual thing that she gets. So. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how random. <laughs> yeah. She she visits her neighbor on the fifth floor and I don't know, is she the landlady or is she just a neighbor? I don't yeah, know. she's she's the landlady. Okay, yeah, my, her my landlady. And so yeah. she she visits her and is offered a glass of port. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Port. Yeah, and then later on, um there yeah, there they're like little shots of port, right? <laughs> They're like little shot glasses. Um, and then later on, uh, when Amelie is looking for the owner of the box, she comes across like a lady in a suit 
who calls her like kitten or something and oh yes like hello kitten (laughs) yeah like some stereotypical predatory lesbian who's like would you like earl gray Gray or jasmine Jasmine. so yeah she tries to invite her in for tea (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then from the glass man later on um, he gives her mulled wine. Anyway, That's so right. it just... Yeah, mulled wine. Yes, yeah, so everybody yeah. has, like, some little offer, whether it's tea mm-hmm. or wine or whatever, you know. Well, and I just thought that was neat, because it's a, it's culture. So it's, like, food culture, basically. Right, or right. It, yeah, like, like, when somebody comes over, you mm-hmm. offer them something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it was very... It was all very matter-of-fact and easygoing. Like, like, of course that is what you do. Like... And it's very, you know, uh, yeah, I just, I like it. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, well, yeah, like anywhere in the world that would be, but I feel like it was more ingrained into like the identity of, of the place that, yeah. that that is how one would act. And yeah, like, it's like opening the door, right? <laughs> it's right. like giving it, you know, <laughs> anyway. So I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, so much of this movie is, like, you know, the cultural significance, you know? Like, mm-hmm. how it is to be, like, you know, just a little romantic girl in France. Everyone's dream. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Mine, anyway. <laughs> so let's see. Um, so, yeah, th- again, back to the, the fruit stand. Um, when they're talking, So there's this, like, very mean man that runs it. I forget his name. And then uh, Lucien, which is his little assistant, who is a little bit slow-minded, but very sweet and very kind. And um, they say that he handles each um, endive or on Eve, if you want to be French, um, <laughs> like a like a precious object. So he has, like, a real respect yeah. for the, the um, like, fruits and vegetables at the stand. And he also makes deliveries. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, that was really cute. It was scene. adorable. Like, so he, he brings yeah. this delivery to the glass man, and the glass man's like, whatever. You know, he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because it was artichokes. He's like, you know, I don't like artichokes. So he's like, I don't like that. any of this healthy crap that you brought yeah. me. And so, like, he pops off the top off the artichoke, and it's actually foie gras. And he takes mm-hmm. the, he's got, like, a bottle of, like, some kind of cleaning thing, and it, he pops it off, and it's, like, a bottle of wine. And, he you know, he's like, no, 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 I bought you. That's, like, a you. magic trick. <laughs> yeah, he's like, da <laughs> so, you know, he, he brought him all this, like, healthy stuff that turns out to be, like, treats. <laughs> so Yeah, hidden inside. That was really, really yeah, cute. Yeah, very cute. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, after Amelie starts... Uh, terrorizing or pranking, I guess. Anyway, like <laughs> doing her clever revenge on yes. the jerk guy because he was just so yeah. Mean he's to awful, awful, awful to Lucian, and she doesn't like that. So she breaks into his apartment and like you know does all these little really like, really diabolical like clever yeah pretty funny stuff like switching yeah. his toothpaste and making his slipper small and setting his alarm clock early, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and it all works perfectly, which is yeah. great. <laughs> Well, because, yeah, it shows, like, so he, like, fell asleep in the cauliflower at one point, because <laughs> he, like, yeah, because she changed the alarm clock and stuff, um, but then, and Lucian was in charge of the stand, and he had all these happy customers, and he was doing an excellent job. And, right, so he's very really confident, you know, that. so, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though he's, like, quote, slow or whatever, he's very good at what he does, and he really, and it's because he, like, respects what he's doing, you know? Yeah. He's nice to people, and he respects vegetables, so, you know, that's all he needs to do his job, and he does a great job of it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I, I forget what happened. Well, in the end, the guy, I thought, the jerk, like, just assumes he's going crazy. <laughs> so, hopefully, I can't remember exactly what happened in the end. Like, hopefully. Oh, he, yeah, I don't remember how that resolved I don't know, either. takes a long vacation or yeah, something so that Lucien can, like, be in charge longer. <laughs> yeah, run the place. Yeah. For sure. So, Amelie works at a cafe and the, the two um, so windmills, we, right? Yeah, the two windmills. Yeah, so it's a very cute little cafe, and there's lots of interesting characters that also work there. Um, yeah, so every day there's a special. And yeah, and you mentioned endives that Lucien was handling the endives like a precious object. Um, so the special for um, for the day at one point was endives au gratin. And the la- the the waitress Which sounds lovely. Yeah, the waitress Which said, "They'll have you on your later. knees." And the customer was like, "That good?" And she said, <laughs> "And then one of the other customers says, depends on where you fall. If if it's in front of the toilet, that's not good." <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah. So your interpretation of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you actually made. So we'll see how yours turned out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which um... version they. <laughs> And then one of the other uh, ladies who works there, the two windmills, she said, au gratin means white sauce, right? And um, the lady who owns the place, she says, yes, why? And the other lady says, I can't stomach it, like you and horse meat. And so the lady who's saying that she can't stomach uh, the white sauce is is a lady who they introduce her as, like, always having these ailments and things, or, like, always complaining about having... Georgette, who... Yeah, Georgette. Runs the tobacco counter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a complete hypochondriac. Yeah. Uh, and then... So, so then that brings up, like, kind of an interesting thing about the lady who owns the the cafe. is something about... <laughs> like She says, like, you and horse meat. And then she says, it's not my stomach, it's my memory. I'd rather <laughs> cook human flesh. Oh, right! And then the, and then the um, Georgette says, you're kidding. But the lady was... <laughs> Like, but what was it? It was a love story, like something about the horse. I can't remember. Like the horse ended up falling on her because of a oh. trapeze guy that she liked or something. Yeah, I can't remember the. I can't remember the um the exact details of the story, but like I did write down the quote, like you know, have you ever knew, known true love? And she's like, I did. It shortened my leg. <laughs> yeah, because the horse fell. Cause, yeah, she did have some kind of like thing. Yeah. with yeah, like you said, with the trapeze artist and the horse fell on her leg, so she can't eat horse meat now. <laughs> yeah, which, so horse meat, well, we mentioned in the Game of Thrones episode, I have eaten horse meat before, but That's yeah, right. it's, a very, it's a common meat, like, especially in France, like, it's not right. taboo or anything. Right, exactly, um, yeah, it's very common there, so, like, they... Yeah. That's very interesting to me, like different cultures and their different like gross out factors you know mm-hmm. like you know Jewish and Muslim people don't eat pork mm-hmm. and you know I've, I've talked about it before too like my husband I think it's not so much like a religious thing as like a gross out thing like whenever he hears about people eating pork he's like oh so I feel like he's the same way that like we as Americans think about like horse or dog or stuff like that you know but mm-hmm. I mean meat is meat animals are animals I don't know yeah but I've never had horse meat. 
I've eaten yeah. goat meat. I feel like that's probably the closest <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> thing. I don't know. But yeah, in France, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, and she also gives, um, like, the recipe for love. I'm trying to find because I wrote it down, like, at that point when she was, like, telling about when she experienced love. Um, do you remember what <laughs> the quote? Um, no, I wish I had, Yeah. That's the thing. I've I seen this movie. It. I've seen this movie several times, and like I don't know. I still. Oh, I found stuff. it. Here we yeah. go. So, recipe for love is take two regulars, mix them together, oh, and right, let right. them stew. It never fails, and then that gives. Amelie's um, like Amelie ding. The idea. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wow, Georgette. these these people are here all the time. Like Georgette works there, mm-hmm. and then there's like the what's his face who <laughs> stalker ex boyfriend. Yes, stalker ex boyfriend. I like I don't remember his name, but like Gina's another. Um, uh, she's like a waitress, mm-hmm. and so he used to date her for a while, and now he just basically sits in the cafe and talks into her recorder. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like, you know, at at this time she did this and, like, glares at her with his duck face all day. Yeah, Yeah, so he's terrible, but, like, Amelie's like, hmm, I'm going to pair these people (laughs) together, and she does. She, like, plays a little matchmaker. Yeah, Yeah, and it works out great for a minute, and then, like, (laughs) Georgette's like, he's stalking me, too. Oh, my God, I can't deal with this guy. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's pretty great. (sighs) Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then, and we've mentioned Mr. Glass, of course, um, and you mentioned that he stays in his apartment because he, you know, he has that, um, Yes, and he he has one hobby, which is painting the same Renoir painting over and over and over again. Yeah, the luncheon of the boating party. Yes. Yeah, and... And so that's kind of cool because there's one, there's like the girl drinking the glass of water that he, he says, like, I've... Like what has it been like twenty years or all these years that he still yeah, he's doesn't like, feel like figure... he's gotten that character right right because he... I guess he knows these people intimately since he's been mm-hmm. you know like focused on them for years but he's like I still can't figure out what she's thinking and what you know this yeah and that. because he makes them their backgrounds and yeah makes them into real characters yeah but he says the the grownups are eating morels and there's waffle and ja- waffles and jam for the kids yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like how he basically the girl with the water becomes Amelie. Like how he right. kind of talks about her as if she's Amelie, and then Amelie talks. You know, so it's I know like I love that he's like, "What is she meetings. doing? Yeah. Is she in love?" She's like, "Yes." What's she gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's developing a stratagem. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So Amelie, when she first goes in and sees the painting, she's like, "They look happy." Yeah, and and like you said, he says they should be. They're de- they're eating ha- hair with morals. Yeah, like and you mentioned the morals. Yeah, and then the oh, waffles yeah. and jam for the kids. And then, yeah, the girl with a glass of water. Maybe she's different. Yeah. So what's a moral? I feel like I know this. It's like a springtime uh, food. Mushroom. Okay, more. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Which, I'm like, maybe I've had that before. I know, I'm when like, is I was that just a... Belgium. Like, I had a dish. I had rabbit and mushrooms, but I can't oh, remember. Maybe it was morals. Yeah, like, it probably, I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Like, that if sounds that's like, like a... what I've had. <laughs> if that's a thing. It was like, yeah, it was... In Bruges, Belgium, like in their, there's like center square area, and it was like sitting outside at a restaurant under a, a you know, an umbrella. 
And they brought it out in a, a white dish with a, it was a covered white dish and the, but the cover was, it was like porcelain or ceramic or whatever, but it was a rabbit. Like, <laughs> so you have to like open the rabbit in order to eat yeah, it. Yeah, I think like, you well, talked about this when we talked about, um. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like I've said this before, but. Oh. <laughs> uh, completely yeah. blanking. Um. Something. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I have said it before. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe I've had <laughs> hair with morals on this. <laughs> but. Yeah. Um. And then, so and then the Pan's next... Labyrinth. Sorry, I was like, oh, okay. yeah. When we talked about Pan's Labyrinth, yeah, there's, there's yeah, rabbit, there's that, rabbit so, yeah. Um, and then the next food is chicken that's talked about. Yes, and so yeah, so this is when she tracks down. You know, she's gone on this like, you know, investigative mission to find the little boy who's now a man that owned this little box, yeah. and it's Dominique. Bretodo. Bretodo. Not yeah. Bretodo. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So she had it mixed up. It took her a while to track him down, but she found yeah. him. And yeah, so, it, you know, like like you were talking about, um, a lot of the characters you meet, they're like, they like this, they like that, whatever. And so what he likes is to buy a chicken, to roast it with potatoes, he carves the legs and wings, and he picks the carcass with his fingers, starting with the oysters. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, what are the oysters? So I had to, like, <laughs> look it up. And... Is that, like, the liver? Yeah, well, it's the... So chicken oysters are um, two small oyster-shaped pieces of dark meat that lie on either side of a whole chicken's backbone. Oh, Arguably okay. the best part of the chicken, these tender mm. bits are frequently known as the chef's reward for cooking. And that is from, maybe from the Huffington Post? I don't know. Ah. <laughs> anyway. I've heard about the chef's reward, yeah. Because like, yeah, if you're so the one that roasts the chicken, are. you can sneak out these little pieces before you serve it to your party. Yeah, which is really I've, I've, sweet. Well, oh, yeah, I've heard that about the, sh- the chef's reward is that little like tailbone on the end. Uh, That's what I thought it was. Well, maybe some chefs like that part. I felt, I felt, I feel like I've read that before in some. Well, these oysters seem more appealing than the <laughs> the tail part, but there, I'm sure there's some people that like that part too. Yeah, hey, I like um, it. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm, I'm like offending you. <laughs> Sorry. You're like whatever. You can have this. Sorry. Yeah, you had that part. I'll have the oysters. <laughs> See, it works out. Okay. Great. <laughs> but great. it's the, re- the chef's rewards. <laughs> <laughs> the rewards. There we go. Um, so, but it's really sweet uh, because, oh, uh, because of Amelie's yeah. uh, return, well, covert return of his childhood items, He, this man is inspired to get in touch with his own daughter and her yeah. little boy so his so he's little been grandson kind of a, yeah he's been estranged from his daughter mm-hmm. and like either hadn't met his grandson or only like or hadn't for years yeah and so at the very end yeah and so he takes his favorite his favorite thing to do is to take pieces of the chicken so you see him doing that and then he ends up feeding it to this little boy and it's so sweet mm-hmm. yeah I, I love yeah, it that he's showing the little boy like what he Teaching, yeah. teaching him like <laughs> how to prepare the chicken, like how to pick yes, it apart and eat the, the beautiful best things part. in life, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pa- passing on the chicken torch. Yeah, yeah. really <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was super sweet. And that's one of the things I love too, because like even though you know 
Amelie's life is kind of a mess because she's not really making true connections with people. But she kind of has a perspective. Like, she can see what's wrong with other people's lives. And, you know, sometimes, like, she oversteps. But at the same time, like, so she's being, like, super nosy in these people's lives. Like, okay, you need to reconnect these people. You need to find love. You need to do this or that. You know, it's just she does kind of, um, you know, interject herself into their lives. But this one really worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. So un- unlike poor um, Georgette and, and <laughs> yeah. Stalker, Stalker Dude, that one didn't walk, work out that well. But this one, yeah, worked out great, <laughs> seems like. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and they had Amelie a nice lunch. <laughs> yeah, Amelie didn't seem very concerned about Georgette and the stalker guy either like it was just <laughs> I guess it was like inevitable but maybe she just yeah it's like maybe she just wanted to at least give them a moment of yeah <laughs> she's like, I, she's like yeah. I did my thing you guys screwed it up but <laughs> you know yeah they just need to kick I, I that guy out of the place like <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah there were a couple like creepy things Ugh. yeah this guy was one of them yeah. Um and and then one of the other um lives that she affected at least for a moment was the the blind man. Yes. And so that was like a whirlwind. I was kind of cuz it was going so fast when she cuz she just she was like on a high of was it like right after she helped when I th- she I finally so, found yeah, the Yeah, I have the man this that, like yeah. directly after that in my notes. Yes, I think it I think it was. She's like, "Yes, I helped." Cuz that was that was the first person she wanted to help is the um the um, you know, Dominique Retudo or whatever. She like she gave him the box. That was her first mission, mm-hmm. and that worked out so well that I think she was like, "Yes, I can just like be a do-gooder now and like go around doing these things." Yeah. Yeah, so, so she, she was feeling it really intensely, like the, yeah. the good feeling. And then she came across the blind man, and he was trying to cross the street. So she just like grabbed his arm, like they linked arms, and she just like whisked him. And the way that it was filmed, it was like it was going so fast, and I yeah. it was it was like cool because she was like saying I mean, it, and this and this and this and like telling you, him everything. You felt you felt like what he would be feeling, you know, like oh my yeah. god, you know this is so wonderful like i'm finally but it was kind of over- overwhelming me. too it was it i was. was afraid something was gonna happen that they I were know, going like... too fast and like i was afraid because it was con- kind of suspenseful for me as well like <laughs> so yeah that was but that's a good point like from his perspective like it was wonderful but also maybe it was a little like scary too like the someone is just taking his arm and yeah. whisking him well when know. she when she drops him off you know she's like okay we've had our 30 seconds of like craziness yeah. um you know she she like lets him go and he's like oh yeah <laughs> like, and i love like he's been touched by an angel or something you know he's like wow yeah. so i i think yeah he really yeah experienced I loved the world that part um, yeah. But she, so some of the things she describes is the lollipops in the window because they're walking by shops. Yeah. And then, mm, smell that. They're giving out <laughs> melon slices and sugar plum ice cream. Sugar plum ice cream, which yeah. sounds delicious. <laughs> uh, and pa- they're passing the butcher and then the cheese shop. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so the butcher, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, ham is this much today, spare ribs cheese yeah picador and i don't know it's like a couple types of cheese and she's telling him the price you know yeah she's like blah 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 this and that yeah it was very yeah just just a quick quick hit but like how how like cool that like so much of the commentary she gave him was like food Food related you know yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess they are, like, in kind of a market area, so it's going to be, but, like, I mean, you know, that it is such, like, an experiential thing of the world, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Yeah, and yeah. then and then it shows. Oh, and wait, is is part of that like the the baby that's watching a dog that's watching a chicken? <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't write that down. Yeah, yeah. the baby that's watching. I think that was part dog. of that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I'm like just looking at my notes and it's not really. Yeah, I'm glad there. you remembered that. Yeah, yeah that's part that was of pretty it. cute. A baby watching a dog that's watching a chicken. <laughs> yeah, and I love that she. So the things because we've already talked about like how she just sees the world differently and mm-hmm. so so the things that she was noticing like the the baby and the dog and the and the roasting chicken like yeah like your average person is not going to be paying attention to what these like you know lesser creatures quote or are, are yeah know. these like very, very side you know yeah like who would notice things. that yeah but yeah but she does yeah and and but but just how especially like illustrating the world for a blind person like how what like what what would you even call it nuanced or i don't know like how interesting or you know yeah. would make it would just make the image like so she's i mean she's giving him an image an image of this place that he's in and so now his image has a baby a baby looking at a dog and a dog looking at a roast <laughs> chicken like <laughs> anyway so i saw but i mean that's cool, yeah there's like layers she, you know yeah. <laughs> to this world she's delivering yeah Yeah. it's like it's like the world on every person's point of view you know yeah so now his world is every person populated (laughs) by these yeah (laughs) this unique yeah but yeah sugar plum ice cream i was like hmm that's sounds really interesting um yeah yeah we know that she likes plums that's right (laughs) (laughs) um but then uh i think the next food scene is that she is making pasta for herself so she's in her little apartment and she like puts some pasta in a dish, and then yeah, puts some gra- got, like, grated some parmesan or parmesan. something. Parmesan, yeah. yeah. Over so the like top. very simple, um, and like a little salad off to the side. And then she sees she can look down into Mr. Glass's apartment, and she sees that he is eating alone. Um, but at that point, like she's not close to him yet, even though like she's been in his apartment to talk about. Uh, you know when she was looking for Bretado, but, um, but but like the film made a point that she that they were both having dinner at the same time, and she noticed yeah. that he was alone. But at that point, she didn't do anything about it. Right, right, right. Like we're separately having our dinners at the same yeah. time, so there's kind of a you know camaraderie, but not quite. You know, so she's getting closer to mm-hmm. other people. Like she she's getting there. <laughs> Yeah, so I just, so I thought that was interesting that yeah yeah that they made it a point to show that yeah for sure um, yeah and then oh and then just some of the drinks that were mentioned back at the cafe like one care how do you say that just K I R care care and one moresque and two mint sodas I was like yeah. mm, mint soda I remember mint soda from you know as mentioned I had like you know, two years of French in high school or whatever, but, like, one of our very first, um, like, lessons was, like, at the cafe, and so we learned, like, all these, like, different drinks, and I remember, um, Montalo, the, you know, um, mint water, which sounded really weird, but now it sounds good to me, (laughs) but yeah, Kier is, isn't it, like, it's blackberry, some kind of, like, blackberry liqueur with, I guess, like, champagne, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. And now I'm, like, trying to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Care what it is. Cocktail, a a popular sure French have... cocktail made with a measure of creme, creme de cassis. Cassis. Black, black currant. Yeah, creme de cassis. Yeah, yeah. topped with white wine. Or black currant, not blackberry. Black currant, yeah. And yeah, then... so black currant liqueur and white wine. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's tasty. So, yeah, and so it's a specifically a French cocktail. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and the mint soda, I was like, hmm, that sounds nice. <laughs> I know, it sounds refreshing. I thought, I thought it sounded weird as a... Huh? <laughs> and non-alcoholic. Yes, also, and non-alcoholic, yeah, something tasty you can enjoy in a cafe. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, <laughs> then they introduce another... Um, like very side character, but it's the the author or the struggling author. Oh yeah, that's right. Always gets rejection letters, and um, but he. What is it? So, but the 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 owner. Ipolito, Ipolito, yeah, yeah. He's so, the one that orders the cure. Yeah, yeah, and then somebody's like, "Oh, he's just trying to get you to," because he was talking about his writing and stuff, and then one of the other. Um, customer and says oh he's just trying to get you to i don't know give him free stuff or something and <laughs> and then but the lady who owns the cafe says eh, his scribbles for my nibbles that that's sponsorship <laughs> so <laughs> she becomes his sponsor i guess but yeah his, his scribbles <laughs> for my nibbles <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah that was cute yeah yeah and then the jerk sleeping in the cauliflower Oh, man. The <laughs> He's the worst. And then Mr. Glass hates artichokes. We talked about that. Oh, and then the the bathroom sex scene. So we talked about <laughs> Georgia and the and the stalker guy. So they hook up rather <laughs> like thunderously in yeah, the cafe. Yeah, like the whole place bathroom. is shaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're banging in the bathroom, yeah. yeah but they're, like, they're shaking the whole cafe and like the glasses are just like inching their, the glasses on the shelves <laughs> are like inching their way to the edge but nothing falls off, right? Right. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm so afraid that like they're gonna crash down. It's it's like the, so close. it's like the T Rex coming in Jurassic yeah. Park. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right because they yeah. show the water as well. The liquids like vibrate. Yeah. But and, like, like but at one turns point on the they steamer. zoom in. Yeah, they zoom in on like a double deckered egg toast, like. <laughs> Some, so somebody ordered a toast that's like cooking in the oven or something, but it's like these two really thick slices of bread, of white bread, and I don't know what's in between those, but on top, there's a fried egg, like just draped over the top, <laughs> so... Well, that, isn't that... Well, I, yeah, I don't remember that in particular, but that's like a croque monsieur, right? Maybe. Is, yeah, it's like a, a toast with ham and mustard and then a egg cracked on top. Oh, yeah, okay. So yeah, that's totally... So think, yeah. Have or we may, talked about that before? Or a before? Croque, croque madame, I think, is the one with the egg. Yeah, there's a croque Oh, monsieur. yeah, that croque was Croque monsieur in... is just with the ham and the... Um... We talked about that because it was in Scarlet, the second, ah, right, second right, right, book right. from Cinder. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, croque madame, I think, is the one with the egg. Yeah, they're like the same thing, but... Yeah, or... Yeah, or with like bechamel sauce sometimes. Oh, that that would make sense. Oh, sorry, I just thought. Of <laughs> yeah, um, but but so that I, I thought that was kind of funny. It's like 
you know, there's this tumultuous sex is happening in the cafe bathroom and the glasses are about to fall off the shelves. And then they show, like, this, the croak, Madame or Monster, like, in the, <laughs> just in the oven. Anyway. Yeah. So, so there, maybe it was symbolic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, and then, uh. Amelie is in Mr. Glass's apartment and they're, you know, just because she visits him often, you know, at that point and they talk about things and talk about the girl drinking the water in the painting. <laughs> um, but he gives her mulled wine, uh, which we mentioned, um, but also spice cookies. Spice cookies. Um, but yeah. he, so the translation of spice cookies, um, but he says speculos, which. Oh, okay. Is that like a specific type of. Well, I I just know that I've seen like packages of cookies like in international sections and stuff at grocery stores, and they're just called ah. spe- speculos. Or I'm not really sure how. I can't remember how you spell it, but yeah, spe- specul speculus. Like it's a. Oh, okay. I just yeah, I just googled it. A brand or like a. Yeah. Or speculas, yeah. Speculous, speculous. Okay, yeah. so, but it's yeah. spiced shortbread, bis- short crust biscuit. Anyway, so you can you can find them like at Trader Joe's or you know and um. Oh yeah, it does ben look like Jerry's a spice a spice cookie core shortbread, <laughs> and you can do it in like different molds and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so I was like, oh, cool. that's a food where a French food where that I like I know it's some kind of cookies. <laughs> Recognize that? Yeah. Um, oh, and then <laughs> there there was a, a cute quote. So Amelie, she, so like you said, like she falls in love with uh, with this guy that seems kind of like a soulmate, like very quirky as well. Um, yeah. But she, but you know, she doesn't know how to really create a meaningful relationship with someone. And so she's doing all these little like roundabout clever things like to basically like sending him on scavenger hunt kind of thing like yeah <laughs> um because she found his um like scrapbook yeah like photo album type of thing um but anyway at one point he like follows this follows these blue arrows and happens upon this um it's like a street performer that pretends to be a statue and the statue or the street performer is pointing up to, um, what do you call them? Like the binoculars f- to look, overlook the town. Yeah. But yeah. you have to like pay to use them. Yeah. Um, like you go put in some coins and you have like a little viewmaster yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I know. It's like the viewfinder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was like, it's like view something. I don't know. Whatever. No, I, I mean, that's, that's a toy. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, yeah. One of those things. Anyway, but so he's like looking at the at the street performer or statue guy and this little kid comes by and says the fool looks at the finger that points to the sky right like instead of looking at the guy he's pointing like look where he's pointing but anyway i thought that was kind of a cool quote yeah the, the no, fool that's like looks a, at the finger that's some that points kind of to the sky. yeah yeah I, it's some kind of proverb like i've heard it like but yeah the the fool looks at the finger that points to the moon or something like that but yeah same, same yeah same thing yeah i like that too the next food scene that I remember is 
even artichokes have hearts. Yeah. Do you remember that one? So the, yeah, the, the jerk vegetable guy is, like, putting down um, Lucian again. And... Like, he calls him a vegetable. Yeah, yeah because yeah, like uh, like you said, he's because he's a little bit slow. And then, but then Amelie. But what was it? That was kind of funny. It's like that she hears the voices from under the buildings or whatever. But it was like a homeless guy or some or somebody like is looking out of a little window, a basement window, and tells her like a cut down to say, and then yeah. she repeats it. <laughs> she repeats it out loud. She says, you'll never be a vegetable, because even artichokes have hearts. So, anyway. Yeah, sweet burn, Amelie. Yeah. <laughs> you need to say that at the commissary next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Man. Like it. Yeah. Um, and then and then she makes tea paper, which is cool. I remember right. my, mom, my mom doing that when I was little. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's writing this like old letter to um you know her her landlord has this sob story about how you know her husband disappeared like thirty years ago or something like that and she thinks she was he was in love with another woman but she's not sure and he went on this flight blah 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 so so Amelie's like I'm going to help her in this way and so she writes this this letter from him and and like kind of ages the paper with tea I thought that was really sweet. So, Amelie finally makes kind of a move for, um, you know, Nino to come meet her at the cafe. And he's a little bit late, so she constructs this story in her head. She's like, there's only two reasons he couldn't have shown up. (laughs) One of them, he didn't get the message. (laughs) The second... Is like this whole long he was, scenario. Like, kidnapped and oh this man, and that. yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, like somehow, yeah, he was kidnapped and blah blah blah, and like he ends up in Afghanistan and becomes like a mujahideen. And I like he's like Amelie refuses to get upset for a guy who he borscht all his life in a hat like a tea cozy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> A little bit questionable culturally, but still pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. And thankfully, he was not kidnapped and did not have a... <laughs> that whole story happened to him. Yeah. But, and as we speak, yeah. I still have borscht in my fridge because I made it this week. <laughs> so. I was thinking... Well, now whenever I hear borscht, I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> then you, yeah, you I made it for... I made it for, yeah, our our, um, Avengers episode, but, like, it's something Mm -hmm. I make fairly regularly, so I made it this week, and then it, like, popped up in the movie. I'm like, oh, I didn't remember this. Well, and for Civil War, um, Vision was making paprikash. Oh, excellent. for Scarlet Witch, and I thought of you. (laughs) Wow, okay. I need to make that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like that, too. Yeah. And then the next scene is pretty much the last food scene in the book. Oh, wait, before before we get there, because we, we were talking actually earlier about the menu, um, because mm-hmm. when, yeah, when Nino comes in to the cafe, which she has... Oh, this, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, we so he actually makes it at the cafe, even though she's constructed this, like, crazy scenario. Like, he comes in a little late. Mm-hmm. He asks for a cafe. I'm um, a uh, cafe. He asks for a coffee. <laughs> well, which is... I know, in Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I mixed up. Yeah, but so she she's right behind him writing a writing the menu menu du jour, which she's writing in cursive backwards on the on the glass. So first of all, impressive. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, but then, yeah, we talked about earlier, like, if you can see what she's writing, and you can't really, but I did catch oof, which is eggs. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so they're serving eggs, but that's as far as she made it, because she, you know, had to retreat to the back of the cafe and... Become a puddle. <laughs> exactly, and become a puddle, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but she, um, she knows what he's, gonna, what he's going to do. He puts down his spoon, dip his finger in the sugar, turn around slowly and speak to me, and he does. So, yeah, they really are soulmates because she can, you know, yeah. see, see his every <laughs> move. But, yeah, it's really it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell yeah. us about, and then te- and so tell us the next food scene. It's oh. the, the plum. Oh, cake. yes. So, oh, man, this scene, I cried again watching it because, okay, so... Nino has come back to the cafe looking for her, you know, because he's like, I know she works here, even though she's, like, too shy to speak to me. And so um, Gina, one of the one of the waitresses who is friends with Amelie and who Amelie has gotten to give him a little note from her or whatever, um, you know, do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, <laughs> that's where she is. But yeah, yeah, so Gina takes Nino out of the cafe, and, but basically not, you know, to ask him about like are you a good person or not which he quizzes him with like a string of um like proverbs to like, yeah to, like, exactly finish them. yeah yeah so it's very cute but yeah just kind of you know fielding him for for her like are you good enough for her or whatever um but amelie um hears from mr stalker dude that he has left with um gina so she's like oh no like i've lost him whatever so she goes home and I think she does what a lot of us do, which is some sad baking. (laughs) Some, like, therapy baking, because, yeah, she's very depressed, and so she, like, you know, of course, what do you do when you're depressed? You you bust out the flour and yeast and go at it. So she's starting to make her little cake, and while she's making it, she's kind of fantasizing what it would be like to have him there at home, and, like, you know, he's, he's running out to buy more yeast for her and just kind of very sweet and domestic and whatever yeah and so he she has a fantasy of him like going down to the um to the little um vegetable stand to buy yeast and lucian's there and he's like oh she's making her famous plum cake so you know everybody knows knows her and it's not just plum cake it's um prune queen amant which i will talk more about later because I looked all this up, and I know lots about it now. <laughs> and, yeah. I've made, and I've made one. <laughs> so. I'm, I like, it looks incredible, so... I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very, like, specific type of cake, but just, yeah, in the, in the um, subtitles, it just says plum cake. Yeah. So, that's her little thing, and, like, oh, man, the part where, like... She pictures him coming home, and she hears the beads, and she actually hears the beads in real life, but turns out it's just the cat, and she, yeah. burst, she bursts into tears, and I burst into tears, because it was just, mm-hmm. yeah, just so sad and sweet, and, like, you know, she, so you can see she's she's longing for a life that she's not quite ready to grab yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so and so we never, she scene, never finishes love, yeah. her plum cake, so we never get to see it yeah <laughs> but but everything does work out <laughs> yes it does <laughs> with the help of mr. shortly Gl- after yes. yeah some encouragement from her and yeah yeah but that that scene has always stuck out to me like when before i rewatched this because i you know the last time i watched it i wasn't like making notes of all the food and stuff but that's the one like food thing i remembered from this i'm like okay i remember this plum cake because mm-hmm. yeah it's very 
pivotal scene. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah well, and then, like, the very last thing would be, like, the marshmallow. Yeah. Twist, twister, <laughs> twisting some marshmallow. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there's, like, kind of, like, a tap-you-pull machine, but it says it's yeah. marshmallow. Yeah, and, like, it's in this little fun fair shop, and there's, like, some lollipops and candy apples and stuff, so. Yeah. So it's kind of like, life goes on, and. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, Gosh. At this moment, like, a million things are happening in the world, but Amelie is zooming through the streets on a little motorbike with, you know, her new boyfriend. (laughs) Super happy. Yeah. Yeah. And completely adorable. Yes. So, happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love... Yeah, she's just such an... Yeah, like, adorable. Like, very... So cute. And her haircut, like... The first thing I think of is the little girl from All Dogs Go to Heaven... (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can see that. Which, I don't know when that came out. But, yeah, there was a time where that hairstyle was was the thing. Well, and the girl from, like, Drop Dead Fred. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, I was thinking about, like, I you know, so, of course, I, like, IMDB'd her. And she's actually named after, um, you know, her, she's Audrey Totu, I guess is how mm-hmm. you pronounce her last name. She's named for Audrey Hepburn. Oh, nice. So, like, her little bangs are Audrey Hepburn-style bangs, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, she even kind of looks like her. Well, yeah, and especially yeah. when she has her hair pinned back. I think that's yeah, really pretty very, when she does that. But, yeah, yeah, very, very Audrey Hepburn, Hepburn yeah. yeah. I love Audrey Hepburn. So, well, let's, yeah. well, tell us. Just go ahead and tell us about okay, I'll, the Yeah, cake. since we were just yeah. talking about it, I'll jump into it. So, this cake, yeah, it said plum cake, and I had no idea what it was till like, just now, but it's actually a prune queen amon, which is a yeast cake that, like, the main things about it that you're supposed to take away from it are A, butter, B, caramelization. Mm-hmm. So, I made um, David Leibowitz's recipe, who does, like, a lot of French pastry, and, like, you know, he's a fa- very famous, like, food guy. Um, and, like, I hadn't made any of his, um, recipes before, but he does, like, a lot of, like, French sweets and stuff, so I'm like, okay, he, he, his is probably pretty solid. So, what it is, is you make, like, a, a yeast dough and let it rise, and then, like, several times you kind of, like, layer it, you know, so you put some butter in it and sugar and fold it, fold it, fold it, and then later you roll it back out and fold it again so it's got some layers in it. Um, and then when you bake it, like, you know, since it's got, like, these layers of sugar, you want them to caramelize. So, like, that's the basic Queen Amon, but you can, you can fill it with all kinds of fillings. So you can put, like, chocolate, you can put cinnamon, like, it's almost like a cinnamon roll if you did did it like that, you know, because it's like the yeast dough. Um, you can put coconut, or you can put, like, fresh fruit. So, like, I imagine Amelie's was one with, like, fresh plums. But um, since they aren't in season, I used plum preserves, mm-hmm. which turned out tasty, but at the same time, like, super messy. Like, they, <laughs> they leaked all over the place. Aww. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, actually, the final product was really tasty, but, you know, I, I was talking to you a little bit beforehand. Like, I'm not 100% happy with it because, um, like, I feel like my oven is, like, hotter than other ovens, and so I cooked it at the at the prescribed temperature but I think it got like way more caramelized than it was supposed to be like you know almost burnt in some places Mm. still pretty tasty like you know I had a slice and it was really nice um but you know it's supposed to be like golden brown and mine was like 
very deep brown you know it was like you know when Amelie's cracking the top off the creme brulee like you you could crack crack the top (laughs) off my (laughs) queen amon or whatever so she might like that (laughs) i don't know yeah exactly you know you got the satisfaction or whatever so like it was tasty but it was like overdone so and and also like i said um you know since i used the preserves they were kind of like you know leaking out of the dough too which i mean it is a thing to put preserves in there i just think you need to seal it up a little bit better but like i'm definitely gonna remake this like when it is when plums are in season you know so like you know come july or august i'm gonna remake this because like it it does take you all day but it's not like a lot of hands-on time you know it's like make the dough you only have to knead it for like three minutes you know and um then just let it sit and then come back and do this and it takes you another 10 minutes or whatever so like not a lot of hands-on time but like so good for you know one of those lazy saturdays that you're just like hanging around the house um but yeah like i i was happy with how it turned out and like you can definitely um it's, it's very like yeasty tasting you know and it's kind of like sweet and salty at the same time because you use i actually like went out of the way to buy that like nice um like european style salted butter oh, or whatever nice. which i normally buy like the you know store brand whatever crap so <laughs> which is not bad you know but like yeah i got i got the nice butter and stuff so yeah it has like a good flavor and i'm like 80 percent happy with how it turned out so like <laughs> ne- next time i ma- make it like I'll, I'll turn my oven a little bit lower and i'll make it with fresh fruit and i think it'll be like spot on so oh, it yeah, sounds so, delicious yeah so. and then maybe it'll be my famous plum cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not not yet but we're getting there <laughs> nice so how about you i did the endive gratin Oh, gratin. Yeah, um, which means so, with white sauce, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I had never, I mean, to my memory, I can't remember, like, when I, if I've had endives before, um, and I've I've never cooked with them before, so this was, I'm like, I'm going to try this out. Yeah. Um, and, like, I didn't, so I liked parts of it. And the, but the endives, because they're bitter, inherently, and so um, like they were still bitter, you know, when I cooked them, and so mm-hmm. like I didn't, so they weren't really tasty to me. But <laughs> the but I made like a bechamel, and they were wrapped in, I, I wrapped them in ham, the the endives, and um, and then I also sprinkled on like um, some Gruyere cheese. And so, like, those parts were really good. The yeah. sauce and the ham. And... It sounds delicious. <laughs> like, I want to try it. Yeah. Well, and it, it didn't look very good. Because <laughs> I like crispy cheese. So I, like, when I put the broiler on to, like, um, like brown the top a little bit, I, like, did it for a little bit longer than than would be pretty. So <laughs> Because I really like the, you know, when the cheese gets, like, Yeah, really... yeah. Um, but anyway... So, and I think, um, I think I'll, I would like to try it again, um, because I, so there were a few different methods on how to, how to go about making this. Um, and I decided to try to prepare the endives, um, via oven instead of parboiling them. Oh, okay. Uh, and, but, but I think I would like to try parboiling them because like when I do leeks, that's what I do. 
Oh, you just uh, like roast them boiling. For a bit. Well, no. Well, when I do leeks, I boil them and then drain them and then put them in a baking dish and then broil them. Ah. Um, but, and so I th- I think I would like to try that with the endives. Um, maybe like slice them in half lengthwise. Um, instead of just leaving them as one whole sphere spear shape. Um, but so the way that I did it today when I made the recipe was um, to fry them, like kind of caramelize the outside a little bit, mm-hmm. like fry them in butter, and then roast them uh, for like an hour to get them tender. And then I put the bechamel sauce on and the shredded cheese and then baked it for another like 30 minutes. Uh, so they're really, you know, easy to cut and, and tender and everything, but yeah, but they're the bitterness and I don't know if the bitterness would go away if I parboiled them, but I'd yeah, be cur- I wonder, curious. I don't know. Cause I haven't really cooked with them either. Like, I mean, I think the only time I've had them is like, you know, they make those endive cups, you know, and they put like different types of mm. salad or like chicken salad or something inside of them and you just use them as kind of like a lettuce wrap. But I've never, like, actually cooked them, like you're saying, you know. So I wonder what the best method is. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, it sounds delicious, but yeah, I wonder how you... Like, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe if you boil them first, or maybe... You know, like, I know salt takes away mm-hmm. bitterness. Oh, and lemon. So maybe, yeah, so I yeah, did put so a little bit of lemon bit. juice, too. Um, or kind but of neutralizes I... the bitter flavor, yeah. Yeah, and I think, but I think some people like that bitter flavor. So maybe so, it's just not your thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think, like, maybe they're at, like, just endives. It's like, if you like that kind of flavor, then you eat endives. Um, and so, yeah, but I but I am kind of curious to try a different way. And, and the recipe that I did today was also based off of uh, David Leibowitz. Oh, What's okay. His name? Anyway, so. Yeah, <laughs> all right, he's popular um, in our French recipes, yeah. But 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 that but I was looking around at a lot of different recipes just to like get ideas and kind of mash mash some of the ideas together. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I took pictures like I made it and I took some pictures, but I was like, wow, this really doesn't look pretty. But <laughs> so maybe I should try it again just to try to <laughs> have like more presentable looking <laughs> photographs. But but yeah. Yeah, so, but also I think uh, parboiling them would be more straightforward, and some people recommend, like, um, preparing them, just the endives, preparing the endives the day before so that they can mm-hmm. drain really well. Oh, okay, yeah. Because it does, uh, it, it can get kind of runny. Yeah. Um, like, after baking, because all the water will come out. Right. Um, into the bechamel sauce. And kind of dilute and, your sauce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, like, the cheese will get kind of clumpy in there, which tastes wonderful, but it doesn't really... <laughs> and it kind of makes, like, a nice soup. Like, I mean, you could just, like, pour out the, the like, the water. Well, because it mixes together, so, yeah, you could just pour it out into a bowl and, like, have soup. Yeah. <laughs> have, like, a nice soup. But... Soup. Yeah, white yeah. soup. We know that's popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when I was making the bechamel, I'm like, "What? This is milk gravy. Where's <laughs> I need some I need some chip beef to throw in here." All right. right. <laughs> Cuz that's what I grew up with. <laughs> Cream chip beef. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so it was good, but the endives were bitter and I want to try it again, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Okay, so I'm kind of in the same boat with as you. Like it was good, but yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things I want to tweak. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds promising, though. 
Like, I'm super intrigued, you know? (laughs) Like, yeah, after you mentioned you were going to make that, and then I saw it in the movie, I'm like, okay, I want to try that. So, yeah, if you come up with a good method, let us know. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I do like the idea of kind of caramelizing them as well, so... Yeah, so yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll like parboil them, and then also f- fry them up a little bit in butter after that, and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> or you could just start by roasting them. That might work. I don't know. Yeah, because then you wouldn't have to worry about the water so much. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right. well, I think we've. Yeah, I think we've covered it all. We've done it. So, what is our next episode? Because we're going to start... Yeah, we got some Pippi coming up. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So, Pippi the Stocking. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, we sang this song last time. We did. (laughs) So, Pippi Longstocking. um, And we'll talk about books and the film. Um, And then, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Because the second movie is coming out, but we'll talk about the the new movies, the old movies, yeah, the and old the cartoons. Mo- yeah, especially and, yeah. the old movies and the cartoons. I think we're more excited about that than the new movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there, yeah, there's like the 80s cartoons, and there's the current cartoon, yeah, and then the old movies, and then the current movies, and there are also comics and... Oh man! Games. Anyway, <laughs> but we'll but yeah, so we'll, I think have a we'll sampler, talk a lot. A sampler platter for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a lot from our childhood, I think, and then yes. also touch on the new new movies. Yeah, because because that comes out soon. So yeah, so Pippi and Turtles are coming up <laughs> for June. Yep. Yep. So thanks so much for listening. And oh, sorry. Yeah, you can find recipes of anything we talked you about. You can't find us. <laughs> We're unfindable. Okay. Just yeah. <laughs> you, you can find um, recipes as well as links to anything we talked about at our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com. And, so, I, I just want to keep laughing. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at FKPod and also Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook at Fiction Kitchen Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.